This is a special edition of the Family Life Noon Report, the sounds of 2023. It's our annual year-end year-in-review. The year just passed has seen terror and war in Israel, hatred and threats against Jews in this country, the rare ouster of the Speaker of the House, and the now becoming less rare indictments of a candidate for the presidency. These 12 months have seen high prices, high crime, and an unprecedented number of immigrants streaming in where the U.S. now has 50 border states. What a year it's been, with smoky Canadian haze, gender transitions, and a major Christian revival on more than one college campus. Welcome to our 2023 recap. I'm Greg Gillespie. A little later, our Family Life News anchors will discuss our countdown of the year's top stories. And Michael Gere and Jason McGuire will analyze the events and issues in our two states. But first, Broadcasting and podcasting are sound media, so I invite you to listen in to sample the sounds that made news and affected us throughout 2023. Rockets targeted central Israel, sending hundreds of thousands of people to bomb shelters. Also, many of the southern communities, including this one, took fire from Gaza. A flash of light as a funnel cloud swirls in Salina, Texas, one of at least seven reported tornadoes across the south over the last 24 hours. This is Ludlow, Vermont, covered by two months of rain in just two days. Imagine encountering this craziness as you enter the New York City subway system. Filthy water, waist deep. These guys tried wearing garbage bags to stay dry. Hundreds of wildfires continue to burn across Canada. The smoke has more than 55 million Americans under air quality alerts. More than 6,000 buildings crumbled or up in smoke amid more than 1,300 aftershocks. Day four in Turkey and Syria and the death toll has climbed to more than 20,000. A 17-year-old high school girl is still alive beneath the rubble, she managed to message a friend of hers. The rescuers are working bucket by bucket. A Norfolk Southern freight train traveling from Illinois to Pennsylvania derailed in a fiery crash in East Palestine, Ohio. I've been told it's safe, but I can still smell it. A section of sulfur run that is very near the crash site remains severely contaminated. President Biden is opening up about those classified documents found at his home and former office. The kinds of things they picked up were stray papers. There may be something else I don't know. The Republican-led House has approved a formal impeachment inquiry into President Biden. My father was not financially involved in my business. First it was no involvement, and then we find out about the dinners, the meetings, the phone calls, and everything else. Where's Hunter? Well, here's my answer. I am here. Hunter Biden defied a subpoena from House Republicans to testify behind closed doors. The president also defended his handling of the Chinese spy balloon last week after the Pentagon waited days to shoot it down over the ocean. We begin our report at the border where 60,000 migrants are waiting. As a crisis grows at the U.S.-Mexico border, we're seeing the impacts right here in our region. New York's legal assistance group says so many migrants are asking for legal help on asylum representation and health care access. America citizens who need legal assistance with issues like eviction and insurance have to wait up to 10 weeks. We're at our limit. If you're going to leave your country, go somewhere else. 
country is going in the wrong direction. You have no Let foreign me. policy experience and it shows. And you know what? It shows. So who came out on top? The consensus? It was a tie. An Atlanta-based grand jury indicted former President Donald Trump on state charges. This is the fourth time Donald Trump has been indicted. So stop using government to go after people who politically disagree with you. The yeas are 216, the nays are 210. The office of Speaker of the House is hereby declared vacant. While McCarthy may be gone, you can't beat something with nothing. And the forces that have removed him from the speakership don't have a second in command. Congress avoided a government shutdown this past week, led by the new Republican House Speaker Mike Johnson. From Missouri to Ohio and into the Detroit suburbs. its first ever strike against all of the big three automakers at the same time. More than 11,000 movie and television writers in Hollywood's Writers Guild went on strike. The industry is saying, we're losing money on these businesses. This is not the time to be trying to squeeze us. Both sides reached an agreement over protections and compensation for actors in the use of their images via artificial intelligence. Macy Petty says biological men aren't just taking the place of female athletes, they're putting them at risk of career-ending injuries. I mean, you're undressing in that locker room. Liz's teammates did it 18 times per week. They undress in front of him. So, I mean, that's sexual harassment. Secret Service is now investigating suspected cocaine discovered inside of the White House. They gotta know who did it. The U.S. Supreme Court today dealt a major blow to affirmative action in higher education, striking down race-conscious admissions programs at Harvard University and the University of North Carolina. You're listening to the Family Life News Year in Review. This nation and this world said goodbye in 2023 to lots of prominent people. Here are some of the famous and infamous whose legacies will be remembered. Pat Robertson was a seminal figure of the religious right. He founded the Christian Broadcasting Network. Its flagship program was the daily show he hosted, The 700 Club. For more than 50 years, Dr. Charles Stanley served as pastor for First Baptist Church Atlanta, but his impact could be felt far beyond. I wanted to get as many people as possible in touch with Jesus Christ. Airing in 70 languages across the globe. Former First Lady Rosalind Carter has died. Jimmy and I have a, a mutual respect for each other. Diane Feinstein, the longest serving woman in Senate history and a role model for generations of women, has died at age 90. Secretary Kissinger worked under multiple administrations. He won the Nobel Peace Prize. One of the most prominent leading diplomats and in international relations intellects of the 20th century. President Ronald Reagan put a crack in the glass ceiling when he chose Sandra Day O'Connor to serve on the nation's highest court. No one has played middle linebacker better than Dick Butkus. He was the most dominant defensive player the game has ever known. Picking out Jim Brown's greatest plays is a nearly impossible task. The running back rushed for over 12,000 yards. For Baltimoreans, there is only one third baseman, Brooks Robinson. To change the event where everyone uses my style, the Fosbury flop today. and Bobby Hull scored more than 600 goals for the Blackhawks, the first player to ever score 50 goals in the season. Actor Raquel Welch had a Bolivian father and an American mother, and she got her big break in the 1966 sci-fi classic Fantastic Voyage. 
Robert Young was known in Hollywood as a scene-stealing actor, catapulting to fame in Rocky as the boxer's wisecracking best friend, Paulie. Actor Ryan O'Neill has died. He had a run of unforgettable roles in the 1970s, even when his daughter was stealing the scene. I told you, I don't want you riding with me no more. You still owe me $200. If I were a rich man, there were many strings to the bow of the man best known for his role in Fiddler on the Ruth. Chaim Topol was not just a celebrated actor and singer, but a popular illustrator and a charity worker. One of the most enduring and beloved personalities in television history. Bob Barker spent more than 50 years hosting game shows on daytime TV. Here is the first item up for bids. Paul Rubens, better known as Pee Wee Herman, charmed a generation with his offbeat, absurdist comic style. I meant to do that. Matthew Perry is a household name to anyone who loved the show Friends. Your disease is just outside, just doing one-arm push-ups, just waiting. And now I finally feel okay and feel like I've got some strength. May I come in, sir? Anytime, my giant friend. Richard Mall, who played the towering gentle giant bailiff on Night Court, has died. Five, six, seven, eight, for me. For eight seasons, Cindy Williams charmed America as straight-laced Shirley Feeney. Come and knock on our door. The sitcom Three's Company made Suzanne Summers a TV superstar in the late 1970s. And I'm ready. Can you dig it? In the 1970s, Richard Roundtree, Hollywood's first black action hero, as the super suave private detective Shaft. Actor Robert Blake, TV's Beretta, his later life was filled with more drama than anything on screen. Famed writer and producer Norman Lear died last night at the age of 101. The creator of One Day at a Time, All in the Family, The Jeffersons, Good Times. Well, let me tell you something. Lear is being remembered as a champion for social justice for using comedy to shine a light on prejudice. Marty Croft, the man behind the popular kids' show, H.R. Puff and Stuff, has died. Croft and his brother Sid, they also produced The Land of the Lost, a live-action show with stop-motion dinosaurs. Newton Minow, a Chicago civic leader and the former chairman of the FCC, died today. He leaves a legacy that goes well beyond his most famous moment. Keep your eyes glued to that set until the station signs off. I can assure you that what you will observe is a vast wasteland. For decades, the Jerry Springer Show was one of the biggest things on daytime TV. Well, first, it's stupid. And, you know, it's got a niche. The Springer is ringmaster while guests grappled with outrageous dilemmas before a frenzied audience. It had to be you. It had to be you. David Crosby made some of the most iconic albums of the 60s and 70s with his bands The Birds and Crosby, Stills and Nash. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Among the obituaries of 2023, astronaut Frank Borman, he and his crew gave a word of hope to the people of Earth a quarter million miles away. 
reading from Genesis. This is the Year in Review special from Family Life News. Next up, the Family Life News team has our annual roundtable to talk about our reflections on the biggest news of 2023. During this New Year's weekend, we also will be posting online bonus content. You can listen, download, or share those from the news podcast page at familylife.org. It is a long-standing tradition at Family Life that we get the news team together near the end of the year to talk about the year just passed. I am Greg Gillespie. First of all, very much thanks to Bob Price, who has been in the uh, ringleader chair for this for a good long time. You have tar- hard shoes and hard headphones to fill. So we are going to have conversation on our top five news stories. We could do this for three hours and still not cover 2023. It was that kind of year. Our morning anchor, Mark Webster, our noon anchor, Bob Price, and our afternoon anchor, Sarah Harnish, are here. So, Mark, we'll go to you. What was the number five story of 2023 on your list? Got two letters for you, Greg. A-I. The proverbial genie seems to have been let out of the bottle. And as to whether this genie is a good one or an evil one, the answer seems to be C, all of the above. It's hard enough to understand how the technology even works. To say nothing of what its nearly endless ramifications may turn out to be, I could have probably had Chat GPT write this segment for me. <laughs> I'd have done a better job too. It's capable of great good in science and medicine, but in the wrong hands, AI's greatest impact may be in the form of things it's capable of that humans won't even realize it did. And that is scary. I'm with Mark on this one. We picked the same thing. I went with AI because you've got the striking actors and the writers for the better part of the year. They're losing their jobs to computers. It's an issue in cybersecurity with all of the hacking, kids in college using it to cheat on their writing. And we're going to hear a lot more about it in the next decade. Bob Price, where do you start your top five? This was tough because I was wavering between that balloon that Chris crossed across the country early this year and this, the Titan Submersible, which I have as my fifth biggest story. It was Google's second most searched story of the year. June 18th, Greg, the Titan on its way to tour the Titanic imploded in the North Atlantic, killing all five on board. My number five for the year, I've called inflation, prices, and the economy. Prices are much higher for most of everything. Gas prices double what they were a couple of years ago. That means anything that gets delivered to you in a truck, a plane, train, automobile went up. My big concern is we look at the rate of inflation. Oh, well, inflation is down. It used to be eight, and now it's five or something like that. That doesn't mean prices are going down. I wish we would watch those numbers a little more closely. Let's go to Sarah to start our number four round. I picked weather, uh, flooding in New York and Pennsylvania, August, September, taking out parts of Scranton and those hundred houses in Canandaigua. We had 18 inch snowstorms in November for the snow belts. But even this month, the December tornadoes in Tennessee, the fires out in uh, Maui, the wildfire, as far as tornadoes go, 1,402 tornadoes in 2023. That's just 400 shy of the all-time record set in 2004. Mine's a little different than Sarah's. I picked weird weather as my fourth biggest story of the year. Who can forget that otherworldly orange haze that settled on upon us in June? Compliments of the Canadian wildfires. Many of us stepped outside, Greg, and said to ourselves, hey, this must be what Mars looks like. Sarah was talking about in uh, Maui, uh, about 100 deaths there. Uh, That's why weird weather is my fourth biggest story of the year. Let's go over to Mark Webster now. What's number four for 2023? 
Yeah, guys, weather was huge, but before I went with the shift in the abortion battle. We're about 18 months removed from the historic overturning of Roe v. Wade. Those who predicted the abortion debate would morph from one big battle into 50 smaller ones were spot on. Pro-lifers barely had time to cheer Roe v. Wade overturned before conflicts over abortion access versus the right to life began to play out in state capitals, including New York and Pennsylvania. There's a huge impact on upcoming elections as well. And oh, by the way, will we ever hear who leaked that infamous Supreme Court draft? Probably not. My number four, some of you have already hit that, AI, artificial intelligence, rise of the machines is really going to be shaping us in a lot of ways. There's talk about 20% of current jobs being eliminated. Mid-December, the very large number of European nations came up with at least a framework for rules to make sure that we can shut off AI or at least identify what was human produced and what came from the machines. <laughs> and we're at number three, and we'll go back to Mark for that. For that, I have illegal immigration. When Title 42 rules expired in May, the floodgates opened and they've stayed that way ever since. America's southern borders have looked at times more like a scene out of Woodstock, to the point that even some Democrats, their cities now overwhelmed by the flood of immigrants into their areas, are demanding those in charge do something to pause the parade. And it's an extra vexing issue for Christians seeking to balance the rule of law and national security with offering assistance to legitimate asylum seekers. I went with the abortion election, uh, November general election decisions that were pro-abortion in Virginia, Ohio, Kentucky. As a referendum for what the country thinks, interstate travel has doubled for people wanting abortions in states that have banned it. One in five patients are now traveling out of state. My number three is a big category of war and wars. We have Ukraine that started the previous year shaped in a different way as we come to the end of 2023 than what it looked like at the beginning of the year. Southern Israel and Gaza has been at war since October. There's other wars that don't make our headlines. I think there's some of that happening with Mexican cartels. There's been talks about the assaults on women by Hamas. Many of those are happening to the women that are coming up across the border. Always present problems of war. Bob, what's your three? Mark, Greg, and Sarah, I love you all, but you're all wrong. <laughs> the, th the third biggest story of the year. You knew this guy's <laughs> name was going to come up. The many trials of Donald Trump. Four indictments, 91 charges, all for one man. So far, the ex-pres seems to be undaunted by the criminal proceedings. Democrats' efforts to bring down Trump seem to have only buoyed his standing amongst Republicans. He appears to be Teflon Don. Nothing seems to stick to this guy. We are looking at the stories that made headlines, the issues that shaped our world and our lives. Sarah, we're all the way up to number two. Who's your runner-up? I went with the war in Gaza. I think in the back of everybody's mind, we're thinking two things. Number one, can Hamas terror hit the U.S. as they hunt for Jews globally? And is it a recipe for another 9-11? And number two, does it start another war abroad with Iran and maybe even possibly Russia, China on one side and Europe and the United States and all the democratically allied countries on the other side? I think everybody's holding their breath to see what happens in the Middle East. And does this thing really wrap up with the intense fighting in a couple of weeks and then a few months as they settle things down in Gaza, or does it erupt into something much larger? Let's go to Bob, who's your silver medalist. Yeah, silver medalist. Uh, Mark already touched on this. Disorder at the border is my runner-up this year. The impact of 
illegal immigration in our own backyard. Migrants from the border showing up in New York City, Chicago, L.A. Oh, by the way, Martha's Vineyard, too. This crisis has overwhelmed federal, state, local resources. Not just the people, but the drugs, too, pouring into this country. The national security risk that this catastrophe poses cannot be ignored. It's not a crisis. It's an invasion, as one person put it, and it's just getting worse. Mark, any chance you've got a number two? I do, and it's civil and political unrest. There was a poll by The Economist last year found 42% of Americans think a U.S. civil war is likely in the next 10 years. Probably have to go back to the 1960s to find America so divided. Moderate middle ground actions and rhetoric are the clear exception. This was the year of far left versus far right politics. The rise of violent rhetoric on college campuses and the public square suggests there's only more of the same to come in 2024. Well, I will tell you the number two on the Greg Gillespie list here is a second cousin to what Mark just told us about. Mine says just the justice system. There are questions about Joe Biden. There's questions about Donald Trump, questions on whether we can trust the Justice Department. And also, even beyond our political leaders, the number of people who don't feel safe because of crime arrests and investigations on people who are peaceful protesters at pro-life centers and at school board meetings. At the same time, we see all this violence on the streets and organized groups breaking through the front windows of stores. The justice system, I think everybody believes it's broken. The agreement on a fix ought to be easier. We are at number one here, and I'll go ahead and start this because it's something that we have heard from others of you elsewhere on your list from a United States perspective, the immigration and the border issue. The crush of people have come through. People in Texas and Arizona have been fighting this for a long, long time. Good food pantries and homeless shelters have been at work there. But when you have New York City and Virginia and South and North Dakota as front lines in a southern border dilemma, that's obviously number one for me. Hmm. Let's go for Mark's number one story of the year. And I have wars and rumors of wars. As the new year approaches, no one seems to be giving peace a chance. The war of the moment, Israel-Hamas, already has casualties in the tens of thousands, no clear end in sight, just the latest round in the seemingly never-ending conflict that has defined the Middle East since Old Testament times. The puppet masters behind Hamas, Iran, and the rest of the extremist groups seem bent on growing that war into a more regional conflict involving the U.S. Meantime, last year's top story, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, seems a lot to drag on into its second year. We thought Vladimir Putin had miscalculated Western resolve, but now we have to ask, did he really? Let's go to Sarah for your number one story of 2023. It's been a crazy year for churches. Thousands attending Asbury University's spontaneous worship sessions in Kentucky that went on for 144 unbroken hours. We had the Pirates Cove baptisms, thousands of people getting baptized, the record-breaking sales of the Jesus Revolution movie, that film. It made Netflix's top five spot. People were interested in a movie about getting saved. So the post-COVID faith boom in people seeking Christ in 2023. The most experienced family life news anchor, Bob Price, you get the last one. The guy with the most hair is that who's, I, I, by the way, I like Sarah's a lot better than mine. Guys, I'm replacing one war with another for top spot. Last year, I had the war in Ukraine. This year, I have the war in Gaza. October 7th changed everything. 
in this world, not just the Middle East, but in this world. Israel's 9-11 happened when Operation Jericho Wall was launched by the terror group Hamas. The unspeakable evil unleashed that day forced Israel to invade the Palestinian territory. To date, about 20,000 dead on both sides. We've seen the trickle effect of this war, a rise in anti-Semitism. This country's not seen since the days when the Nazis we're trying to take over this world. It's dangerous to be a Jew in 2023, something we thought we'd never have to say. The suffering in the Palestinian territory right now, you cannot even put into words. The Israeli-Hamas war, by far, to me, was the biggest story of 2023. A lot of common ground among the team here and uh, some very unique perspectives. It has been my privilege to work alongside these three wonderful people who give us the hard news, give us the good news, day in and day out, all year long. Bob Price, Sarah Harnish, Mark Webster. I thank you all for your professionalism, your friendship, and your wisdom during this special program and all year round. Now, as we continue our Family Life 2023 Year in Review, we zoom in to Pennsylvania and New York. Most Friday afternoons, two wise watchdogs are on the air with commentary on the news and the issues for our listeners. On this final Friday of the year, I invite you to hear highlights of our annual recap from the Capital Connection crew. And welcome to a special edition of Capital Connection. I'm Bob Price, and this is our year in review on Family Life. We're counting down the top stories from New York and Pennsylvania with the Capital Connection crew. Jason McGuire at New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms and Michael Gear at the Pennsylvania Family Institute. Well, gentlemen, welcome back to the program. Hard to believe it's a wrap on 2023. And Michael, let's begin with you. What, in your opinion, was the fifth biggest story in Pennsylvania this year? Well, for this one, Bob, I'm going to toot our own horn a little bit uh, with the second win for us here at the U.S. Supreme Court in a case initiated by our Independence Law Center. It was a unanimous religious liberty victory for former postal worker Gerald Groff regarding his uh, Christian conviction to observe the Sabbath. And uh, the significance and impact of this case will be seen for years to come with greater protection and religious freedom in the workplace, not only for Gerald Groff, but for all Christians and those of other faiths as well. Yeah, that was a big win this year. Jason, what did you have on your list as number five? Well, I think I'm going to co-toot with my colleague from the Keystone State, and I'll just say that you may remember that there was the Concealed Carry Improvement Act that was passed by Governor Kathy Hochul here in Albany. Well, that would have actually hindered even houses of worship from having the ability to have their volunteer armed security teams. We ended up going to court over that before the governor actually agreed to include language in the budget. And so churches once again had their right to protect themselves while in uh, worship services guaranteed again. That became especially relevant later in the year when the rise of anti-Semitism came to be. And even in synagogues, we saw that there were armed security details. 
Jason, number four on your list in New York. It was the marijuana rollout. Only in New York could it be that we see the state not only is messing up marijuana and hurting people across the state with the proliferation of it, but now even legal owners are being crushed by the fact that the state cannot get a handle on this. When it comes to gambling, we often talk about uh, the house always wins, but when it comes to the state being your drug dealer, even the state can't make money on marijuana. Michael Gear, what was your fourth biggest story? I'm going to go with the ongoing fight for truth and reality. There is truly a distinction between male and female, and that is not uh, just because a person declares themselves to identify as the opposite sex doesn't make it so. And there's no operation or drug that can change that fact. And that mm. fight is played out in so many ways. The transgender ideology promoted in schools and social media. Pennsylvania has spent more than 20 million taxpayer dollars in so-called sex change surgeries on minor children since 2015. That's appalling and it causes permanent irreversible harm to those children. Well, I'm going to join you on that issue because we saw in New York again that the New York City Education Department put out guidance this year regarding transgender students. Really what it does is it eliminates the rights of parents in their children's lives. They are now co-parenting with the state of New York when it comes to children experiencing uh, so-called gender dysphoria and the issues that accompany that. That is an issue that is impacting every single student, every district across the state, and it will be a continuing fight in 2024. We're doing a walk down memory lane today, counting down the top five stories of the year. And for number two in New York State, Jason, what did you have? Well, I had kind of an encompassing category of uh, the life issues. Not only were we successful in stopping uh, Governor Kathy Hochul's Out-of-State Abortions Act back during the budget process and throughout the legislative session, but we also saw that assisted suicide failed again in the state of New York. Knowing how blue this state is, knowing the makeup of our legislature is two-thirds Democratic supermajorities, that is something at the beginning of every session we hear will pass, assisted suicide legislation, and for eight years straight, we've been successful in blocking it. Michael Gear, what was the second biggest story of 2023 in Pennsylvania? Well, I'm going to go with uh, Governor Shapiro's sinking profile nationally in his first year, and some of that has to do with the Democrats taking control of the House and doing a very poor job of that. But in many ways, uh, Governor Shapiro was seen as a quickly rising star right after his election in the Democratic Party nationally. But his big time and embarrassing about face on his school choice promise, if you remember, he line-item vetoed his own proposal, and the inability to get a complete budget wrapped up in a timely way had deflated his prestige over this past year. We're not talking a Cuomo-level tumble yet, but there's still time. All right, guys. Well, here we are. Drum roll, please. We have made it to the top story of the year. Michael, let's go back to Harrisburg for this one. What did you have on your list as the most influential news event of the year in Pennsylvania? Well, I'm going to go in this case with the life issue, uh, with Pennsylvania now surrounded with the exception of West Virginia by states that have now legalized virtually unrestricted taxpayer-funded abortion right up until birth. And there are efforts by Democrats here in the Pennsylvania House and Governor Shapiro to bring that abortion extremism to our state. And if Democrats were to take control of the Senate, we sadly could see that happen here. Jason, I know it's been a crazy year in New York. We say that every year. But 2023, in many ways, was unlike any year we've witnessed uh, your choice as the top news story in New York this year. The real story of the year that will crush us, I think, for years to come from budgetary perspective is the migrant crisis that has hit New York. We are seeing the migrant situation is just costing the state billions, and we're already billions in the hole. There's a lot to sort out in the coming new year. Jason McGuire of AlbanyUpdate.com and Michael Gear of PAFamily.org. 
And that wraps up our year-end wrap-up on Family Life. This program, as well as bonus content with additional stories, discussion, and more sounds of 2023 are available from our website. Listen, subscribe, and share any of our podcasts from familylife.org slash news podcasts. Thank you for listening to our Year in Review. I'm Greg Gillespie, and on behalf of the entire Family Life News team who work for you throughout the year, may you have a happy and blessed 2024. This has been a special presentation of Family Life News. 